Welcome to Living on Purpose. I'm Mark Pumphrey, along with my co-host, Dr. Christy Stewart, coming to you from the Circle City, Indianapolis, Indiana. And today, Christy, we're going to have a lighthearted show. You know, we're going to talk about some interesting insights on Chinese proverbs. Yeah, somebody sent me a list and said, hey, why don't you cover some Chinese proverbs? And I'm like, I love Chinese proverbs. We like lists. So, so, yeah, there you go. So I looked up some Chinese proverbs. And we're going to talk about them, but now a lot of these people probably have already heard we're old not Chinese some, proverbs. You know, no, uh, well, they're no, old, we're not so. pulling any out of the out of, out of the old scrolls. But it is or a anything. lighthearted show, yes, so sir. you know we just kind of want to have fun with it and talk about these things, and maybe the give you a little insight. Well, we can life. all use affirmations. A lot oh, of these sure. can be affirmations, mm-hmm. but we can all use you know bringing us back to center, and so that's kind of what these things kind of do for me is that I can read them, I can post them, you know, put them on my bulletin board and say, okay, this is what I need to remember. That's kind of what we're going to talk about today. Some Absolutely. of the big ones. Yeah. So let's start right out. Okay. Number one, the first one, again, these are in no particular order. Uh, there are thousands of them out there. These are just ones that I chose for the show today. <laughs> Number one, the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago. The second best time is now. Right. And I guess that goes back to a lot of the different, you know, you can't dig the well when you're thirsty and all that. It's one of those things that, you know, look back and you think, oh, I had this great idea, but I've never acted on it. Right. You know, or um, someone already did it or being a victim of the past or, you know, we can't go back 20 years and change what it was then. But we mm-hmm. can make choices now to make our life what it, we want it to be 20 years from now. I think Absolutely. That's, I think that's the key to at least for me. You know, yeah, I can't change the past, but what I can do now I can move forward in the future. Because really, the, in the illustration, the, the best time to plant a tree is 20 years ago. The second best time is now. The trees, are, I think, are really our choices. For me, I would think that if you're going to plant the tree, you got to watch it grow. I mean, it's not one of these things where you can go back 20 years ago and go, you know, I don't like that tree. <laughs> right, exactly. You so, know, because I think, you know, along this too, is, you know, as long as we're breathing, we can fix it. And mm-hmm. I, I say that on occasion. But that's true that, you know, we can try anything. You know, we can go for what we want now, um, realizing that those things of the past that we, we missed. We missed the mark. We didn't quite succeed the way that we wanted to. We didn't, right. we didn't make the choice that we wished that we would have made. We didn't try to swing for the fences when we had the opportunity. We all have those things. Sure. So we're saying if... You, whatever tree you planted 20 years ago, you can plant a new one today. Right, exactly. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think that's pretty clear. I mean, I don't think that the, anybody out there thinks that, you know, whatever that, well, I think people live it. Whatever decisions they made 20 years ago, they feel like they have no choice but to work through it now. But you can plant new new dreams, new right, ideas. Right, exactly. I think that really was talking about. And I think anybody that struggles with this, they go back and listen to the Sally Hillman show on saying one step ahead of the fear. Right. I think that's the whole concept of just because you were afraid to do it a month ago, a year ago, or 20 years ago, doesn't mean that you can't do it today. Whatever it is, whatever you want to do, just because you didn't plan it and foster it, you're not too old. You're not too whatever to do and live your dreams now. Well, and I guess when we talk about this, it's good to say your dreams have some foundation reality. So well, let's true. say that you were 16, you wanted to be an astronaut. You're 52 and you wanted to be an astronaut. Probably not going to happen. Doesn't mean you can't work for NASA. It, again, that goes back to pivoting and trying exactly. different things. So yeah, I mean, if you're out there and let's say that you had a kid at a young age and now you're thinking, well, I wanted to be a Pulitzer Prize author, you know, it, I'm not saying you 
you can't or you can, well, you but you got to pick up the pen and write. Exactly. <laughs> I think that's the key. Exactly. Just it's never too late. Absolutely. It's never too late to plant the tree. It's never plant too late. Plant the tree now. Seeds. It's never too late to move forward with your dreams and do whatever it is that you want to do. Just find a way. It might be modified, as you said. It might not look exactly the way it did when you were 20. Just do it. I agree. Well, let's talk about number two. When the winds of change blow, some people build walls and other people build windmills. There you That's go. That's true. Change is inevitable. Yeah. Well, but what are you going to do with it? You know, we did a whole, we did several shows on this, right? The Breeze show, mm-hmm. um, the uh, Precursor to Change show, or just two of those. The uh, Self Care show was another one that really kind of fits into this category. But the problem comes in when we use resistance, right, to mm-hmm. that change. That's where that's where we get into a problem was when we resist it rather than. And I think that's what this is saying because a wall, right, is a structure that's solid. A windmill is a structure that flows that it's created to free flow with the wind. Mm-hmm. But the windmill itself is a solid structure. Right. I think that that was what I when I was reading with you. I thought the symbolism that that yeah the windmill is created to circulate the wind and create energy but it's also a solid structure where so we can still have a solid foundation and still be flexible enough to not get stuck in a rut of rigidity of not changing that's how i looked at it anyway yeah i i definitely agree with that 100 percent because people do they build walls they don't grow they don't learn they just stop yeah and I think that's sad. You know, I'm not saying you have to be a rocket scientist, but I also don't think that just because you don't want to learn anything new doesn't mean you stop learning. You know, I mean, I I, I don't know. I find it hard when I see people that just shut down. Right. And and create a wall. Yeah. Rather than trying to be fluid and moving through whatever that means. And a lot of that is habit. We did Mm -hmm. a whole show on that, right? Habits. It was interesting. I did some research on this to see about, you know, what was new out there. One of the things that it talked about was that our brain fires identically the same way when we think of change as when we think of torture. Really? <laughs> yeah, I, did, I had not read that before. But I think the thing is that we really don't want to change. We just want things to be different. I think that most people, we don't want to do some drastic 360-degree change. Right. We just want something in our life that's irritating us or... Most things are not big, monumental changes. We just want this little thing to be different, this irritant mm-hmm. to be different. If you look at it in that perspective of just a shift of perspective, a shift in a paradigm of, okay, I don't need to go 180. I just need to go 10. And this is going to be right. this change, this uncomfortableness, this windmill is going to change. You know, I don't have to build a wall. I don't have to get defensive. I can just shift it a little bit, get out of this you know, scenario. I don't have to quit my job. I don't have to sell my house. I don't have to, you know, live under a bridge. I just need to deal with this person better. I just need to refuse to work Saturdays. I need I need to do something. I need to get a bachelor's degree so I can move up or move out of my organization. I don't need to, you know, become destitute and quit my job because I, I'm, I'm building a wall rather than finding a way to build a windmill. Well, and I think you've said in many other shows that you got to move the needle 10% at a time. Exactly. Yep. And I think building the wall is trying to go 180 degrees or flip it all the way around where trying to build a windmill is doing it 10 degrees. How's it working for you? And I will say this, folks, for you guys out there listening, is if you're getting suggestions, 
and immediately you're counteracting every suggestion with, no, it just has to be this way. That's a wall. Right, exactly. <laughs> and how many changes do we come up with when we are building this wall that I'm going to do this and I'm going to build this wall and then we create you know, 50 other areas in our life that now become dramas that weren't before we did this one thing. Right. I mean, we all do that. We've all done We can look back in our life and think, oh, my goodness, I'm, I just did that one thing. And then the domino effect from that. And then I was that was the hill I was going to die on. So my wall is solid. And, you know, a month or a year later, you're like, oh, my goodness, how did I make such a mess? We've all done that. Right? There's your, and there's especially, your tree. Especially in our 20s, we've all done that. Right. Exactly. But... That's, that's just the, at least that's how I looked at it, is the wall being rigid and resistant and cold and creating a barrier where a windmill is going to be more fluid and go with the flow and figure out ways to make it more flexible, more user-friendly, where you're creating energy rather than just... That's cr- a good point. Rather than cutting it off. And knowing that but a windmill itself is... A structure. It mm-hmm. is a permanent structure. So you can still be solid. You can still be uh, in your own element, in your character. You don't have to get out of your out of that zone to be flexible to change. I agree 100%. Don't know if that's what the Chinese meant by it, but that's what Stuart hey, that, meant by it. But it's our show. That's we right. can make so it whatever we want. <laughs> the next one, uh, your teacher can open the door, but you must enter by yourself. And I got to tell you that that has been said so many different ways. And that is so true every time, 100%. Yeah, because a teacher can be any area of your life at any time. This doesn't have to be very academic. Mm -hmm. Education is just an opportunity. And that could be any type of education that we're talking about. You know, one of the things when, when I looked at it as an educator, and I came back to so many people who cheat. (laughs) <laughs> right. And then people, people get by with it. And sometimes we know people are cheating and we can't figure out how exactly they're doing it. So, you know, they, they get by with it. Sure. The same as doing stuff halfway. Right. That's not an education. <laughs> you know, you're not learning. You're not growing when you're cheating or when you're doing something halfway. And if we are talking about the world of academics, then find something else. If this doesn't interest you, find something different. Because if right. you've got to cheat at it, it ain't for you. Whatever it is, yeah. Whether it be work or home or anything, mm-hmm. if you have to cheat at it, yeah, it's it's not it's not where you're meant to be. Right. Exactly. One hundred percent. One thing that we've said in past shows is, no matter who you are, where you are, what you're doing, you are always either the teacher or the student. Always. Mm-hmm. We're here to learn. This is a the Earth is a school of learning. So you're either the teacher at the moment or you're the student at the moment. We can't force self-awareness in this at all. That you have to be open and receptive to learning new ways and doing new things. Being being receptive to that. And if you're not, that's cheating. I agree. And I think that it's really important for people to understand that learning is about exploring. Right. When, when you're going through that door, you're exploring new ways of thinking, new opportunities to see. That's all that really is. It's, it's about the exploration. It's about the experience. And to cheat yourself out of that experience, I mean, good luck. But then you're going to build that wall. You're not going to plant that tree. I mean, all, all these it's things all are going to together. happen. Yes. Exactly. It all flows together. So let's talk about the next one because I get to say it goes right into everything we've been talking about. You know, be not afraid of growing slowly. Be afraid only of standing still. 
Yeah. Yep, exactly. Fear. Yeah, when you stand still, you stop learning. You don't you don't move forward. You don't go past I, and I don't know exactly what the term is, but when somebody and you you're an athlete, so it's like when they break past that barrier or whatever that thing is that got them to the next level. You know, when the football player doesn't doesn't think that they can make it and the coach gets them through to that next level and it, it, but if you're just constantly standing still, you'll never know what that next level is, right? Because right? you've never gone further than you are right now. Right. None of us. Whatever we're talking about, we've never went further than we are right now. And you, the only way that you get better and you grow, and as you said, you plant a tree, you do all those things you learn, is by going one step further than you have right now. Stretch. Stretch targets. Yeah, baby steps and stretch targets. And, and knowing that the future, it can be exciting and not fearful, really. Right. But I think fear comes with the unknown. So if you can plan things out, um, set goals, stretch targets, baby steps, where that you can reduce that fear, because we all have that fear, mm-hmm. uh, right? Fear is there to keep you safe. So when you change something or do something different, you're going to be fearful of it because it's an unfamiliar place for you. That makes sense. But does that control you or does that motivate you? And good point, you know, but if you set goals and you make them measurable and you can see that you're moving down the line and you're succeeding or you're failing either one perception of that anyway. But if you how do you know that? Right. How do you measure that? How much, you know, when you're talking about growing slowly and not standing still goals, you know, how much how much money is it that you want in a new job? Right. Where do I want to go? What do I want to do? You have to be able to answer those questions to keep moving. You have to know where you're going. Right. I, I can't just get in my car and sit in the driveway and if I don't know where I'm going, I don't know whether to go right or left. I don't know how to get on 65 or 465. I don't know. It depends where I'm going. Am I going to Louisville? Am I going to Chicago? Right. I don't know. you got to know that first. I think you're absolutely right. I think that if we're talking about just life in general, like you brought up money, we've had many shows about if you want more money, let's just say, it's doing things slowly. It's not perhaps getting that $5 cup of coffee. It's right. about, you know, whatever it is, like we've talked about in every show, you need to move at it slowly because you're used to doing it one way. You need to build a habit to do it another way. 66 exactly. days, people. 66 days. That's right. Yeah. Well, and know that you need to go slow. Sometimes maybe you need to wait. Sometimes, But waiting doesn't necessarily mean stopping. That's a good point. Right? Yeah. There was a quote... Um, you know, Violet Fane in 1892, everybody's heard the quote of good things come to those who wait. Mm-hmm. It's interesting that there was research by Peter Hutchinson that studied brain activity when people were presented with options for immediate gratification or a suggested greater reward in the future. So they get either right now or they get something bigger or better later. They found that when people believe that a future reward was attainable, the greater that it reduced impulsive choices in short term. So if you really believed that something was attainable and it was much bigger, then you would actually wait for it. But humans discount the value of a reward over time. So, because we prefer the larger, we are, obviously we prefer larger over smaller rewards now, but this changes when there's a delay, right? It certainly makes sense to me. If you're telling me, hey, Mark, I'll give you $100 now, but if you wait 10 years, I'll give you 1000 
I don't want to take the hundred dollars now. Right, exactly. <laughs> but if I told you I'd give you a hundred dollars now, but I'll give you a million dollars ten years from now. I'm waiting. Right, exactly. <laughs> I got a calendar. That, I'm blocking it off. And that number is subjective to different people. Sure. So in general, and you, you know, heard we, it here first, folks. She's going to give, give me a million dollars in ten years. <laughs> there you go. That might be my life insurance policy. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but we have to believe that the larger is actually attainable. So, I, yeah, I agree with that because yeah. I think so often when, and I'm going to use this example, but for somebody that has always rented and has always dreamed of a house, that may seem unobtainable. So you're saying, well, in 20 years from now, Christy, you can own your own house. But if you can't ever see that, right. it doesn't matter. No, I'll just take this right now. Right. That's a good point. Yeah. That's a great example. Well, the next two I put together because I thought that they were... Um, kind of side by side. They yeah. go well together. So, do not let yesterday use too much of your today. Mm. And the next, if you are depressed, you are living in the past. If you're anxious, you're living in the future. And if you're at peace, you're living in the present. Well, yes. yes. 100%. <laughs> no. Yeah. So often, and I'm guilty of this just as much as anybody else, I let yesterday totally dictate what I'm going to do today. And yeah. I, I think so often we don't spend enough time learning whatever we needed to learn from yesterday. And I think that might be where the worry and everything else comes in. But yeah, if it takes up too much of your day, you didn't get whatever you needed to accomplish today. So now you're already behind for tomorrow. Right. Well, I think <laughs> that we need to look at the past as a school of learning mm-hmm. and not a burden to carry into our present. Ooh. Uh, yeah. You know, but I think that exactly what you described, a lot of times we... We just bring that baggage, right? We can't Mm -hmm. let it go. We all do that. We can't let it go from yesterday, so it carries over to today, and then today isn't quite right, so then we carry a little bit more, and we get carried a little bit more until we get so bogged down and we get stuck there. That That's just a really bad place to be when you're living in the past. Mm -hmm. And your past is that wall, folks. I mean, I'm telling you, it's not a windmill, it's a wall. Because when yeah. you're sitting over there and you're thinking about all these things that happened yesterday, each brick is being laid, I promise you. Well, there was a saying over 500 years ago by Michael de Montenegro, and he said, My life has been filled with terrible misfortune, most of which never happened. <laughs> I've heard this thing. I didn't yeah, know who said that's, it. But yeah. Isn't that the truth? But it's interesting that research out of the UK used, a, I had never heard of this, a temporal focus scale which is a test designed to measure whether people are more focused in the past, present, or future. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't know that. I'm going to look that up because That's I think that's a fascinating test that. to, to try to do that. But it was interesting that they did this huge study, and the results show that people oriented in the past had uniquely poor mental health and lower self-esteem. Not that I don't think that that's a big surprise. No. Um, they had higher symptoms of anxiety and depression. And of those that... Um, focused on the past, also had negative, when they had negative evaluations from other people or got criticism from other people, mm-hmm. they tended to carry those negatives into their present. Okay. And then those people that focused on the present had greater life satisfaction because they didn't remulate on past negatives. So people that focused on the past focused on all those past mistakes, but people that focused on the present let those things go and didn't necessarily, as we talked about, bring those negatives of the past with them. Mm-hmm. And summarizing that a focus on the past made individuals look within the group's history, whereas a vision of the future may open up to opportunities for change. 
So basically, you get if you're focusing on the past, you're going to get polarized in the past. You're going to get polarized in the negativity that's causing anxiety and depression. If you're living in the present, you're going to be more open to possibilities. And the, the concept of change is not going to be so fearful because you're focusing on the present. So there you go, folks. If you're yep. living in the past, and we all do it from time to time. Some right. people live there. They built a house there. They're mowing the lawn every week there. But think about that when you're living those, whatever those are in your past, that you're missing out on all kinds of opportunities that are presenting themselves over and over again in your present. Right, and I think we know that, but this research really drove it home and that there's actually a test to tell you where you are on that scale. <laughs> Isn't that interesting? That is interesting. Well, there's seven reasons why we get stuck focusing on the past. Okay. Your emotions are flashbacks. Okay. Which I thought that was interesting, which that makes sense, right? That does. Negative emotions um, don't necessarily need triggers, that they just have patterns and that those emotions just get kicked up and then we kind of revert back to the past, mm-hmm. which causes us to repeat those negative patterns over and over again. Absolutely. We just get stuck there. Uh, Every time the, I pick up a cookie. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. The second one, we unconsciously believe that we need to repeat the past to resolve it. How many times have we heard oh, that? Oh, yeah. I've heard that a million times in my life, right? The history repeats itself. Just keep doing that until you learn the lesson. <laughs> All those things. That's what school is, right? It's repetition until you get it right. Right. The, so that creates a, this unconscious feeling that we need to figure out what's wrong and what we created situations to repeat itself so we can then figure out what we did wrong oh, with, okay. in the yeah, past. Yeah. So. It's, that's interesting because school, that's what school is, right? School trains us to unconsciously believe that we need to repeat the past if we feel like it was a mistake. That we constantly have to replay it because that... My gosh, we're being taught this. There we, I think unconsciously we are being taught that and it's feeding that. That's oh. my soapbox on education. But the next one is we think that numb is better than feeling. I think that's why we have a whole population mm-hmm. of people that are over-medicated on antidepressants. I because agree of, with that. You know, my therapist always told me, if you can't feel it, you can't fix it. Very so, good point. <laughs> you know, I understand feelings can be overwhelming, but you have to be able to feel things to be able to move past them and not get stuck in them. I agree. The next one, we're distracted by perfectionism and the need for approval. Ouch. We are. Yeah, yeah. that's a big one for me because I like... To feel like I'm trying towards perfection. But I fall in this that is 100% me. When our inner world is troubled and we focus on, then we focus on the external that we feel that we can control. And I mm-hmm. think that, that, you know, when I feel not worthy of something, then I completely send out my representative that <laughs> I can control this. And then I try to be so perfect at this. And it really is just basically self-medicating myself from what I don't feel worthy of. We all have those things. Yes. Um, But I know that that really, that's a lot of where my perfectionism come from was actually quite the opposite. I feel inadequate, so I feel that I have to be perfect. And then my internal struggle kicks in that I think we all kind of, again, do that. Absolutely, we do. But I think that's one of those where our representatives... Uh, that we send out, we talk about all the time, mm-hmm. that they don't really serve us too no, well. No, not at all. Uh, the next one, we believe that we're not worthy of more in our life. 
I think that's a huge one. Yep. I really do. I think most people, and most people would disagree with you. No, I'm worthy of that yacht. I'm worthy of yeah. having a big house. That's not what you're portraying. That's you know, exactly right. That's the words that are coming out of your mouth. Well, but it gets that us back not... to the, uh, the last one, exactly. right? That your inner doesn't, your inner self does not agree, is not incongruent with what your actions are. Right. And that is, all comes from the fact, you know, that we don't feel worthy for whatever reason. Though you could insert here, mm-hmm. you know, you and I had different childhoods, so why we don't feel worthy are two completely different things, but in a lot of areas, we struggle with that same thing, but for different reasons. And I'm sure a powerful CEO has the exact exactly. same feeling. And that's probably, you, you probably could look back and see a powerful CEO, again, that's his representative, that he is overcompensating for something else, and that's mm-hmm. gotten him to the position that he is. Uh, you know, it just is. It, but if we don't feel like we deserve it, a lot of times we don't even try for it because we don't even think. Well, because we're, we're never going to get it, it so exactly. why try for it? And then that gets us into the next one that we feel powerless. Yeah. Because if you don't believe that you're worth it or that you can succeed, it's easier just to never start anything. Mm-hmm. I mean, that makes sense. I mean, it again, does. I do that in certain areas of my life, right? I don't. I, I feel like I, there's no point in it. I can never be a good speller, so why do why I talk? care about trying to spell? Yep. I don't. I just ask everybody and I annoy them to death. How do you spell this? Hey, that's <laughs> why Microsoft has a whole program for there it. There you go. <laughs> uh, the last one, we don't remember past trauma that has happened to us. This was interesting because there was a lot of research around this, that there are traumas that we experience, especially in childhood, that we don't remember but that are, that are still in our unconscious, that we create scenarios in our life as adults to replay that scenario because we don't feel worthy or whatever because we're trying to play back on that trauma that we don't even necessarily remember. Man, that sucks. There's a lot of research (laughs) that our unconscious mind um, dictates that, that our conscious mind doesn't even, that that your conscious mind creates patterns of behavior because of the unconscious trauma that we don't necessarily consciously remember. Man, that would... Everybody needs therapy for that. I guess so. (laughs) I mean, you think about it. I've got a problem. I don't know what it is. Because, but I know I'm doing it, you know, it's like, that is wild. But I think anybody who's been in therapy has went through that. I have no idea why I do this destructive behavior over and over and over again. And then you go to therapy and then you spend all this time in therapy and you realize, oh, well, yeah, this happened to me. And this is a way that I protect myself from it not happening to me again. And you're not even conscious of that that ever happened until... You know, well into trying to figure out why you do this destructive behavior. And a lot of this is why people self-medicate themselves with alcohol or drugs or whatever because of some past trauma. A lot of times they're not even conscious of. Oh, man. Isn't that crazy? That a lot of research wild. on that. So, and now I'm sitting here thinking, what is my, my deal, yeah, you know? There you go. <laughs> so let's talk about the next few. So The next two go together. The next few go together. So... The person who removes a mountain begins carrying away small stones. And let's talk about the next one. Better to light one small candle than to curse the darkness. Yeah. I guess Baby steps, stretch targets. Yeah. Again, this flows all into a lot of the other things that we've talked about. We first have to know where we want to go, what we want to do, what are those small changes. Mm-hmm. You have to realize you're in the darkness. Right. And you realize that that, instead of just complaining and arguing and, and cursing the darkness... Uh, make a different choice. Light one little candle, make one little change, shift one little percent, 
And then the light can start flowing back in. But we're not like that as human beings, right? I mean, what we want the 100% right, right now. now. Yeah, exactly. You know, if I'm going to go to the gym, I'm taking that pin out of 10 pounds, and I'm throwing it down and there at 180 pounds, and I'm pushing that out because tomorrow... I'm going to be so, thin. Yeah, I'm gonna, well, and I'm going to be so sore tomorrow, I'm never coming back to the gym exactly. for another year. Yeah, exactly. That's not moving the stones one stone at no. a time. You don't move a mountain by, you know, being, you know, bewitched woman and, you know, and twitching your nose. No, you, you get a shovel and you move it one shovel at a time. Right. And that's how you do it. We, But we cognitively know that, but... Well, how much effort do we really want to put into it? And that is you know, really, I, I think, think the that's point. a lot of it. Yeah. Because we would rather just sit in the darkness and curse rather than pick up the shovel and start digging. Well, because that goes right back to the same point I was making earlier is when somebody's out there and they're cursing the darkness and say, so, well, let me turn, or here's a candle. Yeah, I don't need that candle. You know. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> what I need is a spotlight and I'm not going to turn right. I'm not going to do anything until I have a spotlight. Right. And I can't I, I don't have a shovel or I, I, I don't, don't have I don't yeah. know, I don't know how to use a shovel. Oh, it's too big. I could never never move that with a mm -hmm. shovel. Yep. Really? You know, but that that we we all get stuck there. We do. I have a Martin Luther King quote. Okay. We must have a basic principle of determination to achieve excellence in our various fields of endeavor. You're going to be deciding as the days and years unfold what you will do in life, what your life work will be. Once you discover what it will be, set out and do it, and do it well. Be a bush if you can't be a tree. If you can't be a highway, just be a trail. If you can't be the sun, be a star. For isn't by size that you win or you fail, but the best as whatever you do. Yeah, I 100% yeah. agree with that. I think that so often we think that if we can't be the CEO, why try? Right. If you we know, can't be the starter on the basketball team, I'm not going to go to practice go. every night. Exactly. We often don't think about the small things that went into whatever that is. And I, I just, I, if I could give people one gift, it would be that moderation you know yeah. you've got to take it slow if you've never done it before there's not a bat pro basketball player there's not a professional athlete a ceo a teacher a whomever that right. you admire that got there because they walked through the door one day yeah. no they walked through many doors well i remember i ran a marathon one year and i don't remember where it was i don't, I don't think it was disney but it was somewhere like that and I read this the interview the next day of the guy who won. It was a Kenyan guy who won. He won the race, went back to his hotel, uh, took a shower, and the reporter came, and they were on the balcony, and they were watching people running. And this was, you know, three, four, maybe five hours later, right? And the guy was like, what are they doing? And the reporter said, well, they're running the marathon. He's like, oh, my goodness, they're still running? <laughs> I could never run that long like that. And he's like, well, yeah, there'll be people here out here for seven hours that they give them, you know, sometimes to finish. And he's like, I could never do that. That's crazy. And then they went on to talk about the fact that the reason why, you know, he was a paid athlete, his hotel room was paid. They flew him there. They brought him there in a limo. And he got a big check for winning that race is because of all these little guys that are out there suffering mm. while he's in his hotel room and he had he had never been out. He had never seen the end of a race before. 
And it completely changed his whole perspective on all the, you know, the thousands and thousands of people that were behind him paying for him to be able to win. It was really a fascinating article and his eye-opening thing. But that's what we're talking about, right? I mean, no, there's only one winner. So, and if you're not going to be the winner, you still have to try your best. You still have to do your best. You always have to do your best. And you do it one little thing at a time. Yeah, do not show up and and want to put half the effort into it. It is a waste of your time and everybody else around you. Which gets us into the next one, which really piggybacks on this and a continuation of the Martin Luther King speech. It's that the journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step. Confucius, right? <laughs> um, yeah, what, and what he, what Martin Luther King quoted was, he said, we must have a commitment to the eternal principle of beauty, love, and justice. Well, life for none of us has been a crystal stair. We must keep moving. We must just keep going. If you can't fly, run. If you can't run, walk. If you can't walk, crawl. By all means, just keep moving. Yes. Right. That means all kinds of different things. Was just it Dory keep said moving. keep swimming? Yeah, I mean, just keep you know, yeah, you get exactly. you got to show up, folks. I mean, seriously, if you want to get somewhere in life, you've got to show up. Yep, and you just got to keep swimming. Yeah. Cuz it's not going to be easy. It wasn't easy for anybody. No. And you know, everybody had to learn it the first time. That's right. Whatever it is, we all had to learn it the first time. Yeah, and and do not give yourself the satisfaction of excusing yourself out of whatever you want to achieve. Right, exactly. Yeah, because, I mean, so often we do that. So, yeah, take that journey. Take that first step. Whatever that is, it doesn't matter. Just keep swimming. Yeah, just keep swimming. Well, the next one, if you don't want anybody to find out, don't do it. Yes! (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. And if you don't want me to tell somebody, don't tell me. Ah, yeah, yeah, that's what gets me. That's just one other one. That's that's the... the, uh, I'm going to tell you something, but don't tell anybody. No, don't tell me. Exactly, because my memory's not that good. And... I, well, I can't keep up with the 30 other people you've already told. Right, so, you exactly. know, it's like, right, right. but yeah, if you don't want anyone to find out what you did, just don't do it. Exactly. You know, because th- that stuff will come out. And especially in today's age, because everybody can record it. So, you know, <laughs> I mean, yeah. So, yes, that, that, that's good advice no matter what time of the spectrum we're on, whether it's ancient Chinese proverbs or today. So, let's talk about another one. So the temptation to quit will be the greatest just before you're about to succeed. Yeah. Yep. That's true. Because, I mean, how many times have you heard that? It's like, you know, he just stopped five steps too too soon. She quit and only had a semester to go. You know, whatever that is. Well, Thomas Edison said, many of life's failures are people who did not realize how close they were to success before they gave up. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, that's true. You know, I mean, I mean and, you know, some of the great examples that didn't quit, uh, Michael Jordan, cut from his high school basketball team. Uh, he had said, I missed more than 9,000 shots on my career. I have lost more than 300 games, and on 26 occasions, I had been entrusted to take the game-winning shot, and I missed, and that's why I succeeded. Yeah, and I think yep. we've talked about this in another mm-hmm. show, that yeah. Nike commercial that shows, like, you know, I, I, I didn't hit... 48,000 free throws, you know. Mm-hmm. I, I fell down 62 times, and th- these are star athletes. Right. You know? Hey, so, we've yeah. had more strikeouts than home runs. We've yeah. used that statistic. J.K. Rowling uh, was told not to quit her day job. Stephen King was rejected 30 times. Jack London was rejected over 600 times. I don't think I have that much resilience. Yeah, that's great. So get rejected 600 hard. times. And we've talked before that Oprah Winfrey was told she was unfit for TV. 
I mean, yeah. seriously, you can't give up. You, you don't know. Give up. You don't know when that breakthrough is going to be. Now that doesn't mean you necessarily don't have to pivot. Right. You exactly. know. I mean, sometimes things are just not going to happen. But like you've said in a hundred different shows, we've got to learn to pivot. Maybe you're not going to be a successful writer, but maybe you're going to be a great journalist. Right. Exactly. exactly. Well, you know, and I, you know, in my career, I don't know how many marathons I've run. I've never won. Right. But okay. I love yeah. running, and so. It's I. It didn't matter whether I finished in the middle of the pack, the end of the pack, wherever I finished, because I, I you love just have doing for it. it. Yeah, right. So don't give up on that passion. Doesn't mean you don't need to pivot, or does not mean that you don't have to take care of what you need to take care of. Does that mean that you may have to take a part time job someplace else until you get to where you go? Yes. Yeah. But exactly. that's what that means. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Well, let's talk about the last one. Okay. If your problem has a solution then why worry about it? If your problem has no solution, then why worry about it? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. But don't we worry about it whether it does or it doesn't. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Every time. This had some interesting research to it that I found, and one reason why I wanted to end on this one. There was research by Don Gue that said that 85% of what people worry about never happened. And with that 15% that it did happen... 79% of those subjects discovered that they either could handle the difficulty better than they expected or it taught them a lesson worth learning. So this means that 97% of what we worry over is not much more than a fearful mind and exaggerations and misperceptions. That oh. only 3% actually turned out the way, and this was a very large study, that only 3% actually came back that ever, what they worried about actually happened. We, we talked about that because sometimes the stuff that should cross your mind blindside you. Yeah, you know? exactly. Those things that we don't worry. Yeah, those things that just hit you. Exactly. It, That's and, the, those are the big things to worry about that you don't see coming. Right. And I mean, I guess yeah. if you want to chew bubble gum. don't worry about that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's right. I, I definitely understand the concept of worrying because you do it. I do right. it. We all do it. Um, I think it's about recognizing when you're doing it. And giving yourself maybe a time limit, you know. It's right. like, look, I That's a good I can't point. worry about this, you know. And I get it. We all want to say those things, and it just kind of creeps in there. It wakes you up at four o'clock in the morning. We've <laughs> or you all can't been go there. to sleep. You That's my big one. I can't go to sleep. Right, and and I don't have a solution for it because I'm not a therapist, but. I definitely we understand. We probably should do a whole show on that. We probably on should. Worrying because they that is. It's a hard one. It's a hard one because it is uh, it is that fearfulness of the unknown and the things that we don't have any control over and um, we a lot of us get stuck there. I know I certainly I think, have gotten stuck there on certain topics for sure. Yeah, and definitely. And folks, if you're out there and you do have this problem, then get yourself a great group of friends because right. the, the, they they will. I mean, I went through it not that long ago, and all my friends like you know they they just coach you through it. They get you through it. So. You know, if you can do that, fantastic. Yeah, because you've got to you've got to get under control. It does too many bad things to you. <laughs> I mean, worry is not is not good for you. It's not good for your health. It's not good for your mental health. Absolutely. Um, it's not good for the people around you. It's not good for your relationships. Yeah. So take a breather and find out wh what you can do to get over that. So right. I got to tell you, there we have it. Some great advice. From ancient Chinese proverbs. I love them. Love yeah. the Chinese proverbs. <laughs> well, Christy, do you have a final thought for us today? Well, sometimes we all need reminders and good affirmations to keep us moving forward. I mean, some of these are ones that I actually have 
around uh, that I see on a, on a regular basis. Because I do need reminded to stop worrying that it's, it's, it's not going to matter. Because I, I just love the Chinese Proverbs. They just help me stay present. They help me stay centered. Um, so one of those things that we want to ask and send out to people, so what works for you, right? You need to find what works for you. Find a way that you can find that peace and that center in your life. For some people, maybe it's music. For some people, it's church. For some people, it's taking a nap on the weekend, you know, spending time with your kids. Whatever keeps you centered and in the present. And I think one thing we'd like to say is that don't let anybody tell you there's something wrong with whatever it is that works for you. Just because it doesn't work for them doesn't mean that it doesn't work for you. And you need to make time for it. Put them on your schedule. Prioritize them. Know that they're your self-care items. Remember that when you say no is the only way that you can actually say yes. And that directly relates to being able to be in a centered space and be happy and live a life not only just on purpose, but a life that all these things that we talked about that you can stay in a place of moving forward, of being the windmill, of not letting your troubles worry you and get you stuck. So we're about out of time for this show, and we have some great news. Starting January 1st, 2022, you can find our show at livingonpurposepodcast.com or any of the podcast platform like Spotify, Google Play, iTunes, Stitcher, Just search Living on Purpose Podcast and subscribe to the podcast or look us up on Facebook and give us a like and let us know what you want to add to this new show. That's right. So live every day of your life. On purpose. On purpose.